Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Good morning. Welcome everyone. Saturday morning stochastic NHL strategy show sponsored by BetMGM. I'm your host, Josh Harris. Joining me as always on this lovely Saturday morning is my co-host Slim Cliffy. How are you doing today? Uh, not too bad. Uh, not bad at all. Um, weather's not as nice as it's been pretty much all week. We got uh, quite a bit of rain here this morning, so uh, might not be a bad day to spend indoors and watch some hockey because we got hockey all day long. I, it seems like the NHL finally figured out Saturday scheduling. Um, there have been times in years gone by where, oh, King Bacon Pie is excited about the uh, NHL he's, today too. He's, he's down here today. Just the dogs will let him do his thing. Yeah. No, it's just the NHL usually, like, sometimes they would have, like, two games start at one Eastern, um, and then that would be it. And then there'd be a three-hour gap. Uh, until the late games start but it seems like so far this season at least they figured out to stagger games all afternoon so we have games starting right from 1 eastern and it'll go till 1 a.m eastern so a uh, pretty big day of hockey he, he doesn't know how to keep the bone on his couch on the couch he's an npc but anyway last night was quite a weird one not too many teams like the winning lineup was a uh Dallas Stars power play stack, and they only scored, I think, like once. I mean, Jamie Ben scored twice, but Dallas won really didn't do too much. Toronto won didn't do too much. Pittsburgh won didn't do too much. Washington didn't do too much. The late game was one nothing. Really low scoring slate, and for the amount of star power, it really um, wasn't the best slate. We did have some winners in our in our uh, Discord, which was nice. We had. Uh, DJ Wheeze looks like he took down the four dollar, um, whatever that's called on DraftKings for two thousand. I forget what it's called because it's been so bad. But two thousand is a nice top prize there. Congrats to you! And then Pock or Poke, I don't know how to say that uh, correctly, but he said he shipped the quarter on the dime time and finished sixth and tenth in the hip check. Very impressive. Congrats to you all. How'd you do last night? Uh, didn't cash. Um, I got Jake Ottinger. Um, I think like a lot of people, depending on the contest, he might've been about in like one third of entries. He got absolutely shelled last night, 13 saves on 18 shots. Um, that's usually not going to cut it in DFS. Um, had some Pittsburgh guys. I had Malkin. I had Gensel. Gensel got the empty netter. So I could have got there. I could have at least cashed, uh, with a better goalie, but uh, such is the life of a living single entry. Sometimes your goalie just won't get there. In fact, uh, goalie tilt is one thing that uh, NHL DFSers can really kind of all relate to uh, at some point or another. But uh, that's just kind of the way it goes. How'd you do? Yeah, I uh, I used a Leafs power play stack, and it, it seemed fine going into the third period. You know, they scored late in the second. Nylander from Riley and 
Marner. The Leafs had three shots in the third period in a tie game. Two from Morgan Riley, one from um, Michael Bunting. Absolute, absolute fraudulent scenes from the Leafs last night. They're back at it tonight against the jersey you're wearing. The Canucks, who also made some power play changes, which is a sad scene. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But we have thoughts. Uh, yeah. We definitely have thoughts. We do have some thoughts. While well, I have you here, um, I'm sure the the people joining in right now are some hardcore. It's 9 a.m. on a Saturday. We appreciate you stopping by. But if you haven't liked and subscribed, I would we would appreciate it so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit the notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. You know, sometimes I forget when shows go live, so the bell reminds me. Don't forget, almost all of our content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice. That is very nice. So if you're, you know, you can't see the shows live and you're driving home from work, stuck in traffic, pop it on on your favorite platform. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. We have an 11-gamer tonight. Pretty big slate, some pretty big totals, some pretty fun matchups, some pretty annoying lineup changes. So let's hop into it. We have the Boston Bruins with a 3.8 total. Going into Buffalo, the Sabres have a 2.9 total. Obviously, it is 9 in the morning Eastern time. Uh, We don't have, you know, morning skates are probably starting within the next half an hour or so, so. We'll just take a guess on the lines here, or not really guess, our educated guesses here. I would imagine both of these teams are going to go status quo with their lines. That being said, this is, I'll be interesting, uh, I will be interested to see the ownership on the Bruins here because this is a pretty good matchup. They didn't perform great for DFS in their last game, but I think this is a Boston game for me. Yeah. Um, Buffalo did practice yesterday and they kind of changed up their lines after that beat down from Vegas when Jack Eichel <laughs> went in and just put on an absolute clinic. Um, they moved Alex Tuck back to the top line with Thompson and Skinner. And they put Dylan Cousins with Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka. Now, usually Cousins um, is the guy they use in a shutdown role at home. With Boston coming in town, I can't imagine they're going to put Paterka and Quinn with Cousins out against the Marchand, Bergeron, DeBrusque line, right? Um, so, like, I think this might be a game where we actually see Buffalo's top line of Thompson, Tuck, Skinner go against the opposing top line. And as good offensively as as Tuck and Skinner and Thompson are together, and they have been very good offensively going back to last year, like we're talking well north. Uh, three goals per 60 minutes, five on five. It's obviously a brutal matchup going up against Boston's top line. They have looked pretty good in a small sample. Um, I would just note that a lot of Boston's scoring since Marchand has returned has been um, either on the power play or with the empty net. The five on five really hasn't gotten there yet. Obviously, they're you know they're going to get there eventually. They're too talented not to. But I just thought it would be worth uh, pointing that out. Um, you know, Tage Thompson obviously is one of the biggest stories of these early parts of the season. He's been on an absolute tear. His his uh, shot attempts per minute have gone up about 33% from last year, and he was already a pretty big volume shooter. So, like, I don't really hate the idea of going to Buffalo here tonight. Like, obviously, we don't have um, complete ownership runs yet. I imagine they're going to be pretty low-owned. Um you know, maybe you can catch uh, Boston kind of napping a little bit coming into Buffalo. But I think you're right. Like, for most people, this would be about uh, a Boston one stack. Now, um, Boston one still projecting uh, very, very well for us. Uh, you know, we have them projected, I think, for over 37 DK points um, in our early run. So obviously, they're carrying um, a monster projection here. Um, Buffalo also has a pretty bad penalty kill, like not awful, awful, but definitely not good or great. And I think the Boston top power play unit can really take advantage of that. So, um, I would, I'm in on the Boston top line, Bergeron, Marchand, um, and, uh, DeBrusque, um, you know, if you want to take off, uh, 
march in and add Pasternak or take off the brusque and add Pasternak or whatever. I, I think that's perfectly fine, especially where uh, the brusque's price has come up quite a bit. He's all the way up to 7,000 on DK. Like, I think it might almost be worth the extra 2,000 just to pay, pay up for Pasternak and then pay down a one-year defenseman or something like that. So some sort of Boston power play stack is probably what I like best in this game. I don't think I'm going to get to any of the depth from Buffalo. Like, I don't want to play Cousins with Quinn and Paterka. I don't want to play Middlestad and Olofsson. They've typically been pretty low event, and Boston's a really good defensive team. So if you're going to go anywhere on the Buffalo side, I would just go right to the top line. But I agree with you. I think the target in this game should be the Boston power play guys. Yeah, I agree there. And I I see in our YouTube chat, Daniel Dem- uh, Demers took second in the, in the DK1K quarter jukebox. Congrats to you. That is a great night. It's hard to get into the top of the jukebox. So congrats to you. I also see people asking if I'm caffeinated yet. I have not had caffeine since that Harry Carey episode. Um, I actually have more energy when I don't drink caffeine. Uh, Getting off caffeine is the hard part. But yeah, let's move to the blue line. Rasmus Dahlin, 7,800. His price has come down. He's kind of in that range where, like, I'm not going to force him in. But if I have the salary, I think it's fine. I probably would rather just play Yossi, but I think Dolan's fine. Charlie McAvoy still, 5,200. He's the guy I'm looking at. Um, maybe Owen Power. That's about it. Yeah. Um... Just not a lot of like. Obviously, McAvoy's still perfectly fine. Him not getting to the top power play kind of takes a little bit of of up, you know, well, quite a bit of upside away from his fantasy profile. So I, I think like fifty two hundred without that those top PP minutes uh, feels <laughs> fair. Actually. So yeah, don't mind him. Um, probably not a lot on the on the Buffalo side for me, like. Jacob Bryson's price starting to get up there a little bit. Um, tough matchup. I agree with you. Like maybe power, um, but obviously this this isn't a spot where I'm really excited about any of the defensemen. I would have to think eventually McAvoy starts taking some power play one time. I think they just wanted to work him in just to make sure he stays healthy throughout the game. Maybe he's you know start slowly works his way in. So for 5200, I think that's fine. Let's move on to the next one. Vancouver Canucks 2.8 total heading into Toronto. The frauds have a 3.8, uh, sorry, the Leafs have a 3.8 total. Back to back for the Leafs, which means Calgren went last night, probably going to be, I don't know if, is Matt Martin or Matt Murray going to be back for this game? No, uh, they said he's not going to be playing. So it's either Shalgren on a back to back or Keith Petrozelli. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like, listen, like, for whatever, well, we know why. Toronto has a big total. Matthews' line is going to get ownership. The one thing I don't like about Vancouver tonight is that they took off Kuzmenko off the power play and moved Besser to that top unit. Vancouver is one of those teams that is heavily reliant on scoring on the power play, really besides the Pedersen line which Kuzmenko's on, and that kind of ruins the power play correlation. They also moved Niels Hoglander to the second line with Kuzmenko and Pedersen. They moved Ilya Mikheyev up with JT Miller. And like you said in chat, I know why they did it. It still sucks, and it does, because, you know, that second line was humming on all cylinders. Hoglander there, you know, he's, he's a shooter. I like him offensively. I don't know what it's going to do defensively. I like Vancouver on the side more than Toronto. Uh, maybe Toronto comes on a bit lower owned because they burned everybody last night, but I think I'm on Vancouver here. Yeah, um, it is like I, I we should mention about the power play. I think Vancouver had two power plays in that game against Montreal. The first one, Kuzmenko was on it. The second one, Kuzmenko was not. Um, maybe they were just trying to mix something up. Uh, for the team, you know, when they were down late in the game or something like that. So, like, maybe Kuzmenko stayed on the power play, but this was something they did earlier in the season when Bess was healthy is they were kind of flip-flopping back and forth a little bit. Um, that's a bit of a concern for me because, um, you know, with Hoglander there now on the second line, all of a sudden only one of those guys is on the, would be on the power play. And as you said, they are fairly power play reliant. 
I want like I want to talk about the Toronto side real quick. So last night, Toronto, um, they moved around their lines a fair bit. They started with Alex Kerfoot on the top line, and then Michael Bunting went there for like five or six shifts, and then they finished the la- the last couple shifts of the game with Nylander there as they were trying to get a goal. I think Bunting goes back to the top line uh, here tonight. Again, we'll see when warm-ups hit. Toronto won't have a morning skate. We don't have any more information right now. But one thing I want to bring up, there's a website called Hockey Biz, and you can see visually where teams and players are taking their shots from. And I want to bring up uh, Toronto One's shots from last year at 5-on-5 and Toronto One's shots from this year at 5-on-5. They're virtually identical. The left is last year. The right is this year. Um, (laughs) They're just shooting a ton from anywhere from the low to high slot. Seeing is believing. And you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung. More wow than ever. Uh, they're just not finishing. That's the that's the only thing that's going on here. The top line shooting 5.4% at 5 on 5. Um, eventually, they do have like to break end. <laughs> Eventually, they, they do have to break through, though, uh, and get and, you know, kind of uh, find themselves uh, or find the success that they had last year. I can't think of a better spot to do it than Vancouver. Um, with the Canucks in town, they're going to be going out uh, against that JT Miller line, I assume. Uh, Miller, Besser. Now, they moved McKayev there, Ilya McKayev, and I think that's a pretty good move for that line. It'll help them at both ends of the ice. Miller, <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, McKayev's first game back in Toronto. Um, but Miller and Besser are typically not very good defensively. Um, you know, 2.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes going back to last year. 2.8 actual goals against. And I was with Demko playing a lot better in the second half of the season last year as well. I think you can go right back to Toronto 1 here. And like you said, where they got burned, where people got burned last night, um, where people have been getting burned by them all season. I wonder if we don't see some low-ish type ownership on them here. I think I might be back in on Toronto two, on Toronto 1. Uh, it feels bad to say, but the Vancouver penalty kill has been very bad this year. Um, the Toronto power play, again, has been pretty good. Um, it's just a five-on-five five that they need to turn around. I think it's a pretty good five-on-five five matchup for them. On the flip side, Vancouver, too. Pedersen, Kuzmenko with Hoglander. I think that's a good, uh, which should be a low-owned trio on the Vancouver side. They'll get uh, that Toronto second line, which didn't play well again last night. Um, which we said is very high event, can allow a lot of shots defensively. So I don't mind Vancouver 2. It's kind of like a contrarian road stack here tonight. But uh, I think Toronto 1 might be uh, near the top of my list for this evening. Yeah, I want to agree with you that they're going to be contrarian, but I don't think – I think Vancouver is going to have ownership tonight. One, the Leafs lost last night to playing again. Now they're either going to have their third stringer on a back-to-back or their fourth stringer making his NHL debut. So, And they've had issues defensively. So I think there's going to be ownership on Vancouver tonight. That being said, I do like them. I think, you know, depending on ownership on Toronto 1, I think you can go back to them. Like, they're always going to have ownership. Maybe maybe they won't be like 15 20%. Maybe they'll be like, you know, 8 to 12, and that will be fine. But this is a game – I'm very interested in seeing our ownership runs on. Moving to the blue line, Quinn Hughes, Morgan Riley, it's kind of like this the same thing. They need to shoot more. Um, but I think you can put them in with some power play stacks if you want. Ethan Bear, 3,100 is probably the punt target for me. Yeah, um, don't mind Bear again. Um, we'll say Timothy Lilligren got over 18 minutes last night. I think his... I haven't double checked. I think his ice time has increased every game since he's returned. Um, I, you know, we keep saying it pretty good defensive defense or offensive defenseman. They haven't priced all the way down to 2,500 on DK here tonight. If you can get 18, 19 minutes in this matchup, uh, Lilgren probably one of my favorite um, punts, uh, full punts here on the slate tonight. For sure. Forgot about him. <laughs> like he just everybody. Like, believe- the, the Leafs blue line is just leaves so much to be desired. You forget who's on it sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. Let's move on to the next one. 
Shall we? Pittsburgh Penguins with a 3.7 total heading into Montreal. The Canadiens have a three total. Pittsburgh back-to-back on the road with a monster total here. Uh, Casey DeSmith went last night. Would imagine it's going to be Yari tonight. Um, Montreal probably Jake Allen. Like Pittsburgh warm didn't do too much. They hit the empty net last night. And as you talked about on the show yesterday, they're one of the they hit the empty net more than almost any other line in the league, up there with Winnipeg one and Boston one. This is a good spot to go back to them. Um they are pricey. They're still over twenty thousand, but this is a very, very good power play spot. That being said, Montreal, they're probably not going to have much ownership. Pittsburgh's penalty kill has been poopers, but Montreal's power play has not been exciting. That being said, the top line's fully correlated on the power play. Is this another Montreal one night? Um, I mean, the first thing that that, uh, came to my brain looking at this game was going back to Pittsburgh one. Um, now the Montreal top line has typically really struggled defensively. Um, you know, going back to the changes with Martin St. Louis last year, but Kirby doc looks like he's really kind of stabilized, um, that line, at least defensively, um, so far this season, um, doc has been, you know, I think easily the best defensive Montreal forward so far this season. He's really noticeable every time you watch him, like, this is a line that's usually at like three and a half expected goals against per 60 minutes. And they're down to 1.9 with doc on their line. Like they've been play, really locking things down defensively. The problem with Montreal one, they're shooting 26% at five on five. The coyotes think, last year. It is absolutely ludicrous. Their shooting percentage, which is why they're um, scoring so much. Like, to put it into kind of frame of reference, half of their shooting percentage of five on five, 13%, would put them as one of the most efficient lines in the entire NHL for the season, right? So, like, they're running way, way, way too hot uh, to be able to sustain this over any, uh, you know, kind of stretch. And they need to start generating more offense, and they just aren't doing it. And they get that Pittsburgh top line, Russ Gensel, uh, Crosby, shirts are back-to-back. Um, but Crosby's, you know, typically played pretty well whenever he goes to Montreal. It looks like his game finds another level when he gets there. That top line, uh, only 2.2 expected goals against per 60 minutes, 3.64. Really, really good. All on power play one. The power play looks decent with the Montreal's bad penalty kill. Um, I think you're fine to go back to Pittsburgh too. Um, you know, Malkin has quietly been excellent this year. Maybe the points don't show massive uh, production. Um, but one of the biggest scoring chance contributors in the league, the last time I looked at the numbers, like, I mean, top five amongst all forwards in the NHL and that Montreal second line, just not that good defensively. Um, 3.3 expected goals against going back to last year with Mike Hoffman there. So, um, if you want to try to avoid a better, uh, Montreal top defensive top line, uh, with Kirby doc there, I think you're perfectly fine going back down to Pittsburgh too. Um, I think it's the Pittsburgh side that interests me most in this game. Yeah, I like. I agree. They're back to back on the road, so maybe their ownership is a bit lower. Montreal one always an interesting case. Like it was like with Arizona that one month stretch last year where they just shot the lights out. You got to kind of ride the wave until it crashes. When it crashes, don't know. But yeah, on the blue line, here we are with Latang again. Like I don't think you have to add him in on power play stacks. I don't think you have to one off him, but if you want to. Go for it. Uh, Jeff Petrie up to 5K. I think he's okay at that price. Um, Revenge game. Yeah, this is a – he's going to get all his old creaky bones up for Montreal tonight in Montreal. On the Montreal side, there just isn't much. Joel Edmondson up to 4,700. Like Jonathan Kovacevic still min price, but not much here. Yeah, um, not one of the spots where I'm really going to grab my defenseman. Um, you know, mint like not mint price, but fairly cheap jack guy. Um, he's been up to 19 minutes a couple times in his last four or five games, so maybe he can get there. Um, he might be the only guy like I would kind of consider. Um, 
here tonight. It'd be it'd be going to the cheap punk guys. I don't think I'm paying up for any of the blue liners. Yeah, it's not my favorite game for the blue line. Hey guys, do you want two free months of stochastic put platinum? Plus, yeah, stochastic plus platinum and up to a thousand dollar risk. Then oh boy, do we have some heart? Just kidding, I got you. But um, we have a very good deal with BetMGM here, so you can get two free months of stochastic put platinum. Wow, I can't even say that. And a thousand risk-free bet with BetMGM when you sign up, make a deposit, and make your first paid wager. Very easy. Create a stochastic membership using the form below or log in with your account. Most people have an account, but if you don't, just follow the steps in the description. Click the large BetMGM button that appears after registering or logging in, then complete the necessary steps with BetMGM. Also very easy. Create a BetMGM sportsbook account. I think you know your personal information, so that should be very easy. You deposit at least $10 up to 1000 depending on what you want to bet. If you bet a $10 bet and lose, you get $10 back in free bets up to 1000 You get 1000 back. Make your first paid bet. Your bet must settle to qualify for the stochastic subscription. After you've completed these steps, you'll receive an email from BetMGM with instructions for redeeming your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. This is no strings attached. It is literally literally that simple. Speaking English is a lot harder than this deal here. So go check it out. Links are in the description. Let's move on to the next one. Arizona Coyotes, 2.4 total heading into New Jersey. The Devils have a 4.3 total. My goodness. That is a large total. Uh, Vitek Vanacek got banged up in the last game, so it could be Akita Schmid um, for the Devils tonight. Probably uh, Vichmelka for the Coyotes, who has had an excellent month of November. Um, yeah. Coyotes, I don't have much interest in them, like even with Schmid and net, like maybe a one-off here and there but I'm probably out on Arizona tonight on the devil side. I think like there's like, obviously there's two lines to like here. Like Nico Heischer and Fabian Zetterlund have been very, very good. And they're both on the top power play. So I think it's not just like automatically going back to Jack Hughes, just for Brad here. I think there's a discussion between two lines. Yeah. Um, you're right about Vimelka. Um, in the month of November, he he had that one bad game. Um, I think it was against Dallas, where they you know the team just got blew out by Dallas. Other than that, I'm looking at a 940 or above save percentage in all his games, 970 or above, and three out of five. Like if you're wondering why the Arizona Coyotes are doing well, it's because in 80% of their games this month, their goalie has saved at least 94% of the shots. Like. I, like, I get that people kind of want to look for a nice story. Um, you know, the team itself has gone through a little bit of turmoil with all the, you know, ownership problems and uh, the rink issues, let's call them. Uh, at the end of the day, this is still a bottom five team by expected goals against uh, so far this season. Uh, bottom five team by actual goals against all of five on five. So, like, eventually Vimelka won't save 94% of the shots that, that go that face them. Problem is there's going to be a lot of New Jersey ownership here tonight, obviously, right? Like there's going to be a ton uh, of, of devil's ownership. Um, it's, you know, even especially where none of, none of the guys are really that expensive. Jack Hughes is the only player over seven K and he's 7,400. I think um, you get Zetterlin line one power play one at 4,300. Jesper Bratz only 6,600. Like, there's going to be a ton of ownership here on the New Jersey Devils. Um, I think I would go back to that Hishier and Zetterland line, honestly. Um, that Arizona top line, however they do it, last game they went to Boyd, Keller, and Hayton. It seems like they change up that top line almost every game, and you'll never get news about it, but it doesn't really matter. All the combinations have been pretty bad defensively. Um, 3.4 expected goals against for that Arizona top line. Um, Barrett Hayton's not shooting, which means they're not generating a ton of offense. Like, I think it's, you know, that top line for New Jersey, 3.9 expected goals, four per 64 actual goals, four per 60. Uh, Zetterland shooting a lot uh, with the ice time that he's given. Um, I think you just go right back to that New Jersey top line of Hischer, Zetterland. And I would even add into Tart because 
Um, he does get meaningful minutes, 14 to 16 minutes. Um, he's playing very, very well so far this year. Um, and he's going to probably uh, come in way lower on than the other guys. So uh, New Jersey won for me in this game. I'll just briefly mention Arizona too. Um, the Kraus line, Kraus, Maselli, and Bukestad. They've started to play a little bit better. They're actually 50% expected goal share, which fee- feels unfathomable uh, on this roster, but they're actually doing it. And they're getting ice time. Like they're get, there are some games they're playing like 18 or 19 minutes a game. And if New Jersey's down to their AHL goalies, we saw their AHL goalies in the second half of last season. They posted like an 880 save percentage. So I don't know if I'm full stacking Arizona, but I think there's some merit to like one offing some of the guys on that Arizona two line. I'm thinking specifically uh, Lawson Kraus as he's starting to shoot a little bit. So maybe some one off guys from Arizona two, but it's New Jersey one I like most here. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Yeah, I think that line will get lower ownership than Hughes and Bratt just because Hughes and Bratt have been doing it for longer. He sure has had an excellent season, though, so don't sleep on him. On the blue line, Dougie Hamilton, 7,300. I think he's fine to add in. Um, John Marino, Ryan Graves. Severson, like they're still really cheap. Severson's min price on DraftKings. Marino's twenty seven hundred. Ryan Graves thirty two hundred. John Marino had almost had the shot bonus last game. I think you know you don't expect that from him every night, but I think his peripherals have started to creep up. So I'm fine with all those punts. Yeah, I think this is a good game to kind of go grab some punts from defensemen. Um, even Josh Brown uh, for Arizona, he's a guy that can block shots. His problem had been that. Um, you know, he doesn't, they, I think they went seven defensemen last game. I'd have to double check. So maybe he won't get a ton of ice time, but his problem had been, he was like 3,900 or 4,000 on DK, um, where he's priced down to 3,300, definitely shot block bonus type of guy on DraftKings. But I think I might be going back to, uh, the Ryan Graves. Well, uh, but Severson, if you need a 2,500 mint punt on DK, just fine. For sure, for sure. Let's move on to our first circus of the night. We have the Columbus Blue Jackets heading into the island. Miserable experience. New York Islanders have a 3.7 total. Zach Wierenski out for the year. Nick Blankenberg broke some bones. He's out for four to six weeks. Oh, boy. Adam Bockvist. Yeah. Adam Bockvist season, maybe. but No, he's out. Oh, he's out as well, yeah. Yeah, he's out. So is Erica Branson. Four, yeah. four out of their six starting defensemen are out. Not yeah. that I, I, I think Goodbranson being out actually helps them, but that's nearly here nor there. Yeah, so Jake Bean is going to be running the top power play unit. Jake Bean, fan favorite of mine. Big also team. means, yeah, also means that <laughs> Peek and Gavrikov are going to see some heavy minutes tonight. There's probably going to be some heavy ownership on the Islanders tonight, and this is one of those chalk spots that if it is chalk like i'm probably not gonna play them just because like i i just i don't know like brock nelson 6200 matt barzell like the prices are good the line combinations aren't great maybe you do something with the power play i just want to see ownership because if they're approaching 15 20 i'm probably going to take a pass but i this is a very very good spot yeah, I'm wondering how all these injuries work out for uh, Columbus because um, Eric Goodbranson was honestly one of the weirdest signings I've seen in the NHL in a few years. That's the offseason story, though. Him getting four by four is just wild. Like, I don't like talking trash about professional athletes because clearly they're a million times better at their job than I will ever be at, at, at hockey, right? But um, Goodbranson's just 
got, uh, you know, ran over all season long by the opposition. Um, his expected goal share, 30%. Actual goal share, 30%. Like, you're getting outscored by a margin of more than 2-1 to one when he was on the ice. So that's why I said I think him being injured might actually help this team. The problem is, is that Wierenski and Bockfist are both injured as well. And, you know, you know, take Blake Blankenberg for what he was worth. He only played a few games. We don't know exactly how good he was. But Bockfist and Wierenski were the only two defensemen Columbus had to have a positive offensive impact on the team this season. <laughs> nobody, nobody else did on the blue line. Not, you know, not B, not Gavrikov, not Pete. Um, all the guys that are left were all negative uh offensive impacts for Columbus of five on five this year. So it's the balance. Like, yeah, I think they get better with good Branson out, but I also think they get worse offensively with obviously with Wierenski and Bockfist out. So maybe Columbus isn't as bad defensively as they have been at times. Cause now they don't have to give minutes to Branson. Um, but at the same time, they're going to have trouble generating offense and, you know, up against Ilya Sorokin, I don't want to have a line that's going to be relying strictly on percentages. He's a guy that can just shut them down. So I'm out on Columbus. Um, uh, right now, I'll just say I like the Islanders' top line, Bailey, uh, Wallstrom, and Barzal. Wallstrom was still only played 10 minutes in the last game, which is a bit concerning for me. Um, but he can get there because he is a sniper. So I think you have to at least consider that line. Um, they've been, you know, Barzal and Wallstrom, 2.8 expected goals for so far this year, five actual goals for. They've been playing pretty well offensively. It's just a matter of, of Wallstrom actually getting the minutes to get there. They typically see third and fourth line matchups, like with the, all the depth gone from the Columbus blue line, uh, third and fourth line matchups, depth defensemen. I really like the Islanders top line in this game, but I think you're going to see high ownership on all three Islanders lines, you know, to be real here. I agree. And I didn't mention Columbus because, like you mentioned, who's moving the puck out of the, the, their own zone? Wierenski was easily their best puck mover. Bach was their second best puck mover. I don't see any, like Jake Bean, like maybe he moves the puck, but like these other guys are more defensive oriented, even though they're not great defensively. So like Columbus top line, I'm out on just because I'm worried. One, it's you know, Sorokin. Two, I'm worried that they're going to get hemmed into their own zone a lot because they don't have many puck-moving defensemen. Let's talk about that blue line. Noah Dobson, 6,400. Ryan Pulak, 4,100, I think, are the guys. You want to go Pelic, 3,700. Mayfield, 30, or Pelic is 3,800. Mayfield is 3,700. For me, on the Columbus side, you know, Peek or Gavrikov for shot blocks. I like Jake Bean, but just not tonight because he's probably going to be power play oriented. Islanders don't take too many penalties, and they have a pretty good penalty kill. So probably just Gavrikov or Peak. Yeah, I think Peak is my favorite defenseman in this game. I can't wait to see what Noah Dobson's ownership might be. Um, I think it's going to be pretty high here. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Peak is the only guy that I'll really mention that is is standing out to me because of his price and ice and expected ice time. Yeah, if I'm if I'm Columbus right now, I'm tanking for Bedard. That's just me. Well, they were tanking before all these injuries anyway, so quiet tanking. Now they can loudly tank and say it's because of injuries. <laughs> New York Rangers. My New York Rangers. 3.2 heading into Nashville, where it was snowing this morning. The Predators have a 2.9 total. Would imagine it's gonna be Igor against the Juice. Uh Igor hasn't looked great. I mean, like, he's been fine. He just hasn't looked like Igor. Rangers put up an eighth spot. The floodgates finally opened for their shooting. Jimmy VC didn't actually look out of place on that top line. I think he'll be fine up there. Like, he's not going to be great by any stretch, but I, he's an NHLer, and he'll be competent up there. He's kind of like Walmart just for fast. I don't know who that's a – that's bad for everyone there. but <laughs> yeah, Nobody wants that comparison yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of what he is. Um, pretty good power play matchup for the Rangers tonight. Nashville Predators don't have a very good penalty kill. Saros has been bailing them out, but the Rangers have one of the best power plays in the league. I think you do some sort of power play sack tonight. If you want some savings, I think going back to the kids line against Nashville depth, 
is definitely an option. On the Nashville side, they're just like you want to go to the top line. I think that's fine. There just isn't much there for me. Yeah, um, Nashville's top line just does not play well this year. 2.3 expected goals for, 3 expected goals against, um, 2.9 actual goals for per 60 minutes, 4.7 against. Uh, like a lot of it is shooting percentage driven. We kind of have to keep that in mind. I was just double checking this morning, but Matt Duchesne, through the, it, we're a month into the season now. He's still shooting 0% of 5 on 5. Uh, Philip Forsberg's shooting 0% on the power play. Funny thing, I was looking at Philip Forsberg's um, career uh, power play stats. Going back to the 2016-17 season, he's alternated uh, good and bad shooting seasons. 6%, 26%, 9%, 12%, 7%, 19%, this year. Like It's just a weird uh, little pattern he's got going, but he's not scoring on the power play. Um the Rangers' top line, not bad defensively, kind of regardless of who they have as the third man. I think Kako makes them the best defensively, but uh, like they're not that bad regardless of who's there. And, of course, they still have Igor um, behind them. Uh, so I'm pretty much uh, – yeah, I'm out on Nashville here tonight. You know, the Rangers, um, they don't take uh, a ton of penalties. Um, Nashville, you know, kind of has to need – uh, a little bit of power play opportunity for as bad as Phil Philip Forsberg shooting on the power play. For me, this is about the Rangers power play. I agree with you. Nashville is allowing the most shots per 60 minutes against on the penalty kills. So when you say Saros is saving them, uh, he is. Um, he can't save them every night, and he's hasn't ha- really had that great of a season so far this year. So, yeah, I'm, I think uh, a Rangers power play stack makes a ton of sense um, in this game. Um, you know, Crider's not that expensive. He's all the way down to 6K. Panarin's under 7K. Um, you can get, you know, Tro- Trocek still isn't that expensive. So um, you can get a pretty decent uh, Rangers power play stack in here against a uh, very bad Nashville penalty kill. And I think that's the approach um, I would take in this one. Like, I, I don't think this is a Nashville game for me. I imagine they come in with reasonably low ownership, but where Duchesne's starting to get so cheap, um, maybe not like maybe people kind of gravitate to them because they are like, I think they're around 15 K on DraftKings. So we've seen that line at 20 K before. I think they might see some ownership here. So it's Rangers power play. Yeah. I mean, I'm not playing Nashville in one to three lineups. If you're getting to 20 to 150, you can pop them into your portfolio unless they're like super chalky and then I'd be under on them. But moving to the blue line, um, we have Roman Yossi, 7,500. That's actually not a bad price for him. Adam Fox, pretty good price on him as well, 6,600. I think you can add Fox into the power play stacks. If you're looking for a one-off from this game, it's probably Truba. Keandre Miller is fine at 3,200. I guess like Ekholm and McDonough are fine for punts, but don't really inspire much confidence. Yeah, Um I want to say Libor Hayek because he did move to the top pair with Fox at times, but no, I'm not going to. Um, yeah, there's. I, I I think this is a good, obviously a good spot to use Adam Fox with that power play matchup. Um, Ryan McDonough probably might need to block some shots on the PK, so where his price is getting way down on DK, I think he's fine. So, um, yeah, Fox for power play, maybe McDonough for some blocks on DK, but that's about it. I think I just had some palpitations. We almost had a Libor, a yeah. Libor out. No, we don't have a Libor tail. Don't worry. Let's take a deep breath. All right. That caught me off guard. Don't forget, you can find this show and all of our strategy shows on Stochastic Podcast channels. Uh, main channel with all of our content or individual sports channels if you just like one. And like I said, like if you're driving home in traffic or you can't see the shows live, that's the best way to catch the shows when I'm not on the strategy show. I will pop it on podcast version when I'm driving. Love it. Leave a five-star review. Helps us keep these shows free. It's important to keep these shows free for y'all. Hopefully we can do that. Smash that like. Leave a five-star review. Booyah. Uh, move on to the next one. Carolina Hurricane 3.1 total in Colorado. The Avs have a 3.5 total. This is an interesting one for me because someone someone got hurt, right? Yeah, Teravinen got hurt, and they moved Aho with Netches and Svechnikov. And that line 
as Niehaus likes to say that I say is peak nitrous. Now they are going in, they're probably going to get the McKinnon matchup. So maybe this isn't the night for it, but <clears throat> Colorado depth, not great with all these injuries. Colorado PK, not great. So maybe there's some merit to go into Colorado one here. Colorado one, obviously in play. This is probably as tough of a matchup they've had this season. Carolina has a very good PK. Now it's not going to be Freddie, but <clears throat> you know, Ronta's not a bum. So this this could be a night where we see some lower owned Colorado one. Yeah, I'm wondering about the Carolina lines because uh, we mentioned last game they might go to Svechnikov, Natchez, and Ajo. Um, now, it took an injury, but it's three games in a row now where Carolina, you know, by after the first period has gone to a top line of Natchez, Ajo, and Svechnikov. It's like, for the love of God, just start the game with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going there every single game anyway. Just start the game with them. But, like, we don't – because Carolina didn't practice yesterday, so we don't know what the lines are going to be like without Tara Bynan. I'm guessing Svechnikov, Ajo, uh, Natchez on the top line as a counter to the that heavy uh, top-heavy Colorado lineup. But we just don't know. That Colorado one line has – really hasn't been great defensively so far this year. 2.7 expected goals against per 60 minutes on the season. They played 125 minutes together, so they're getting up there in that sample. Um, they're just getting great goaltending behind them when they're on the ice. So you can't always rely uh, on great goaltending. Um, I think we might see a lot of power plays in this game, um, both well above average and time shorthanded per game. Uh, Carolina drawing nearly four power play opportunities per game. So, I think there's a chance that we see a, a fair amount of um, special teams in this one. So even if, you know, this is a later start, even if Carolina doesn't go to that top line, you're still going to get all those guys, um, you know, Natchez, Ajo, and Sveshnikov. You're still going to get them all um, on the power play together. Um, and, like, it's, you know, the Colorado penalty kill has been good this year, but it's definitely not been um, amongst the elite. It's, you know, about the middle of the league. Um, by expected goals against, much worse by actual goals against. So I think this is a spot where you can go back to Carolina one. Um, I know it kind of feels weird going against uh, into a pretty good Colorado team, but like I said, top line hasn't been super great this year. Uh, the defensive depth, you know, we'll see if Bowen Byram or Sam Gerard might be able to return, but the defensive depth has taken a big hit. So honestly, I think of everything in this game, Sveshnikov, Ajo, uh, Natchez, um, I might be going back there uh, as a top line slash top power play stack for Carolina here tonight. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I like them tonight. Um, Colorado's depth is not great either. And like that Colorado defensive number, Colorado one's defensive numbers are not like 2.7 goals against is like league average ish, which isn't great for a top line. So yeah, Carolina one definitely makes some sense. On the blue line, Cal McCarr, Devin Tay is going to play massive minutes again tonight if Byram and Gerard are out. So I'm fine with them. Brett Pesci, Brett Burns, probably the guys for me on Carolina. Yeah, I think with that power play spot, you, you're fine going back to Brent Burns. Um, yeah, Devin Tay's up to 26 minutes uh, in the last game. His price still hasn't come up that much. I mean, it is into the 6,000s um, on DK. That's a little high, but it's not excessive. Um, I think he like on FanDuel, I would just pass on him and go to Makar because I think they're only like six or seven hundred apart. So on FanDuel, it's Makar on DraftKings. I like the savings going with Taves. Winnipeg Jets 3.0 total heading into Calgary. The Calgary total or the Calgary Flames have a surprisingly high 3.7. I think that means Huberdo might be back tonight. I mean, mate with the Gatto, maybe still out. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, what's his face is pumping that. Ruzichka. What's his name? Yeah, Ruzichka. Pumping the total. Not a huge that total tonight. If Huberto is back, then yeah, maybe that because Winnipeg doesn't have a very good PK. Um, if Cowboy play stack on the Winnipeg side, I like that top line tonight. Uh, Flowchart says if this is a tough matchup, which it kind of is, you play him. 
Maybe they come in low owned. That line with Appleton is starting to get better numbers. I like Winnipeg one tonight. Uh, yeah, I was going to go to Winnipeg too, um, actually, because the, Car- the Calgary second line has been pretty high event. Yeah. Now they've settled down a little, little bit without Mangiapane, but um, the Calgary second line has typically been high event with um, Nazem Kaji and Dylan Dubé there. It, it's a matter of how they run their lines. Um, sometimes they haven't been sending out Kadri against second lines. They've been using him against top lines. So in that instance, if that holds, if Kadri and Dubé and Coleman are going to be going going out against Shifley and Connor, which our buddy at line matching uh, on Twitter says is a distinct possibility here tonight, I think going back to Shifley, Connor, and Appleton is perfectly acceptable here. As we mentioned in the last show, Starting to get better offensively, 2.8 expected goals, 4 per 60 minutes. That's a big increase over where they started after their first few games. Appleton's even been playing like 16 minutes a game. Um, You know, he's not like one of those Oliver Wallstrom 10-minute third wheels, (laughs) even though Wallstrom uh, does shoot quite a bit. So, yeah, I think uh, going back to Winnipeg 1 is perfectly acceptable here. The Calgary top line is perfectly correlated on the power play. Uh, Ruzicka was on the top power play unit last game with Huberto out. Um, we talked about how Ruzicka's looked pretty good in the AHL. He's looked good in the NHL so far. He definitely hasn't looked out of place on that top line. And Tyler Toffoli is really starting to shoot a lot more. So is Elias Lindholm, actually. So I actually like both top lines in this game. I'm going to wait to ownership runs uh, to kind of make uh, a decision. But if the Calgary top line doesn't have much ownership, they're going against maybe the third and fourth lines from Winnipeg. Um, and the Winnipeg penalty kill, not very good. And Calgary top line, perfectly correlated on the power play. Uh, if Huberto isn't back, I think I might be going to Calgary one here. For sure. To the blue lines. Wegor, Hannafin are my guys. Nate Schmidt on the... Winnipeg side, I guess you can include Morrissey if you want on power play stacks. He just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I Morrissey's he's starting to actually produce this year, which is a little bit uh, of a difference for him. Um, we kind of have to see what's going to go on with the Calgary defense here. Um, I think Chris Tanev, there's a chance that he could be back tonight. Um, if he's back, it will depress the ice time of guys like Wegar and guys like Hannafin and especially like Zdorov. So kind of have to wait to see um, if he's back in. I don't mind Rasmus Anderson at his DK price in this power play matchup. Um, he's under he's under 5K. Um, I think Anderson might be my favorite defenseman in this game. Um, Hannafin, just fine. He's really uh, racking up the peripherals. So um, I think either of those two guys for me, Anderson or Hannafin. Cool. Three games left. Six, seven minutes to get through them. St. Louis Blues with a 2.7 total heading into Vegas. The Knights have a 3.5 or 3.9. I'm sorry. Bennington has not looked good this season. Vegas one. All aboard. Vegas two. All aboard. Blues top line of Thomas, Tarasenko, Buchnevich. They're together. I think you have to in your MME mix, go back until they start scoring. They're they're shooting. They're just not scoring. Yeah. Um, I'll say I'm, I'm out on the St. Louis top two lines. What I will mention is Shen, Kairu, and Barbashev. Um, I know I kind of talk uh, badly about Shen, but um, it's mostly just defensive issues. He's still producing offensively. We know Kairu is really, really good offensively. They're going to get third and fourth line matchups from Vegas. And like that Howden, Kessel, Amadio line for Vegas. Sounds so ridiculous. I don't think that's going to be very good. I think Shen and Kairou makes a decent, like super low owned, cheap two man uh, for St. Louis here tonight. Um, But this is a Vegas game that I like. Um, It's Vegas one for me. Um, They... You know, we worried how they might do when their schedule got a little bit tougher while they just keep running teams over. Vegas won 4.4 expected goals, 4 per 60 minutes, only 1.8 against. They're really dominating the competition. They're all in the top power play together. The St. Louis penalty kill is awful. Um, I think for every from everything in this game, it's Vegas one that I like the most. But I think a two-man is Shen Kairu going against the third and fourth lines from Vegas. A uh, nice little sneaky depth option, um, especially if you're playing a ton of lineups and you want to get some more expensive guys in. 
On the blue line, Petrangelo up to 7K. It's a bit pricey. I guess you can correlate him in. Blue side, not much there at all. <laughs> no, like this isn't really a game where I'm looking for my defenseman. Um, like I said, bad St. Louis penalty kills. So if you want to gamble on a, a, an expensive Petrangelo over on DK, I think that's fine. Um He's really expensive on FanDuel too. It's 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 almost prohibitive at that price, but that maybe that makes him contrarian by nature. Uh, just no defenseman really for me. Don't forget to take advantage of the risk-free bet MGM offer. Free bet of up to a thousand dollars and two months of Stochastic Platinum for free. Just click the link in the description. Let's get to the last two circuses of the night, and boy, oh boy, are they interesting games. Chicago Blackhawks three point one total heading into Anaheim. Los Patos, the Ducks, have a 3.5 total. That Chicago top line always projects well. I'm not interested in them. I mean, I think like a Kane, Domi, two-man is fine if their ownership's in check because the Ducks have severe defensive issues. But for me, this is about the Ducks' top six, Ducks' power play. That's what I'm on. Yeah, um, I will mention Chicago did break up the top line in their last game. They put Athanasiu uh, with Jonathan Taze and then moved Kershev up uh, with Kane and Domi. Whether those stick, I guess we'll find out uh, in in uh, morning skate later. But the Chicago top line's been bad with or without Athanasiu. Like, it doesn't really matter. Um, for me, this is about the Comtois line. I, I hate calling it the Comtois line. I don't know why I just did that. It sounds good. Uh, yeah, but uh, <clears throat> they put Terry with Trevor Zegers in their last game, and Terry and Zegers have been very, very good together this year. They've both been playing like 20 to 21 minutes. Uh, 3.2 expected goals for generated between the two of them. Um, they uh, probably will miss that Taves, Radish, and if Kurashev's still there, Kurashev line, they won't line up against them. Um, so Terry and Zegers is probably what I like best, assuming that that's uh, what goes in together. I think some sort of Chicago um, power play stack makes sense. Anaheim does take a lot of penalties. Uh, so I think you're fine doing like a Kane, Taze, or, or Kane and Radish or something like that. So maybe some Chicago power play stacks, but it's about Terry and Zegers and Comtois for me in this one. Yep, let's get to the last game real quickly. Detroit Red Wings going into L.A. to face the Kings, which is just a wild late hammer. The Kings have like have had two back-to-back shutouts or something like that. No, one nothing, 2 to one Very low-scoring games. I like going back to L.A. here. Just got to see ownership. Um, yeah, I'm on the L.A. side. Yeah, uh, particularly it's L.A. one for me, uh, Kobitar, Kempi, and Velarde. Um, they typically are going out against second lines. That second line for Detroit has really struggled this year. Um, Andrew Kopp has been like just bad for them. Like the, there's no other way to say it. He's just been bad, especially defensively. So I think that Kings top line is in a really good spot. They're all playing about 19 to 21 minutes over their last five games. Um, you know, Kempe's zero points in his last five games, but 20 shots. Like we know he's getting his chances. Um, so Kings won for me. Um, probably nothing from the Detroit side. Kings drawing a ton of power plays, so that top line perfectly correlated. Detroit penalty kills been good, but the Kings get four or five or even six chances here tonight. I like their chances, so uh, Kings top line. Yep. Coming up right after us, the NBA Strategy Show with Emac and Adam. That's at 10 a.m. Eastern. And while you're here, don't forget to check out Odd Shopper. It's got everything you need to make sure you're max- maximizing your profits. You can shop bets, create your own parlays, using our parlay builder, finding arbitrage opportunities. And of course, most importantly, you can shop bets to find the best price available at shopper.com. It's actually really awesome. You should sign up a couple seconds left. Who you like in net? Um, I actually don't mind Georgiev for Colorado. It feels like um, if the abs win that game, it's one of two ways. They either just outscore them like seven, five or Georgiev has a really good game against Carolina. So I uh, don't mind Georgiev. Um, don't mind um, Shesterkin as well. I'll always take Shesterkin. Doesn't matter the matchup. Um, I th- think Jake Allen makes an interesting choice uh, as a somewhat cheap option uh, against Pittsburgh at home. And I'll just jump in with my hat trick pick. My hat trick pick is Troy Terry. My hat trick pick is going to be Mika Zabanajan. All right. I like it. Terry Zabanajad. Let's go, boys.
For Slim Cliffy, I'm your host, Josh Harris. We will see you in Discord tonight. We'll be back on Monday for a shorter slate, but we'll be back. Uh, Good luck, everybody, tonight. Good luck, everyone. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.